The following is a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society. When the New Testament talks about believers and about sons of God, does it mean the same thing? Is every believer a son? We've got an interesting discussion about this coming right up here on Grace in Focus. This is the radio broadcast and podcast ministry of the Grace Evangelical Society located in North Texas. Thank you for joining us today. We'd like for you to know more about us, and you can do that by going to our website, faithalone.org. You'll find lots of resources there, including some free e-books and thousands of articles about the free grace message. That's faithalone.org. Now here with today's question and answer discussion are Bob Wilkin and Ken Yates. We're back for another episode of Grace in Focus. This is Ken Yates, and I'm here with Bob Wilkin. Hey, Ken. And we are discussing an issue that Justin has written in to ask us about. And this is something that our friend Steve Elkins has spoken on on numerous occasions. In Romans 8, Paul makes a distinction between children of God and sons of God. And in Romans 8, sons of God are those who walk by the Spirit, those who are led by the Spirit. And so all believers are children of God, but only those who are led by the Spirit are called sons of God. And the distinction would be then that sons is a mature or one who is pleasing to the Father, one is who's acting like the Father. The difference between an infant and a young man that is pleasing to his father and doing yeah. what his father wants him to do. All right. And, and yet I think Justin is saying he thinks he's found a few verses where sons of God refers to all believers. Yes, that's his issue. In Galatians 3.26, and I know you've done a lot of work in Galatians, Paul says in Galatians 3.26, for you are all sons of God through faith. In Christ Jesus. So notice the difference. In Romans 8, the sons of God, those who are led by the Spirit. They're also those who suffer because Romans 8. In, in Romans 8, right. Yeah. In, in Romans eight seventeen, children of God are heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ if indeed we suffer with him. Right. So in Romans 8, the sons of God are those who are led by the Spirit and therefore suffer with the Lord. Right. But in Galatians, he says... You all are. Lots of times people will say, well, this includes women. Like when you see Adelphoi brothers and they'll say this includes women. Maybe. It is a question as to whether the uh, authors of the New Testament sometimes wrote to the men in the given congregation and called them brothers. But here we know absolutely that he's calling both men and women sons. And you know why? Why? Because he goes on two verses later and says, there is neither Jew nor Greek, there is neither slave nor free, there is neither male nor now, female. Now you're talking here in, in Galatians. Right. Right. And he says, for you're all one in Christ Jesus. So when he says there's neither male nor female, he's not saying there's no difference between males and females. There's obviously differences. And Paul in his letters would say that women had certain role in the church, men have certain role in the church. But when he says you're all sons, it seems clear to me that he's saying this is true of every believer, old and young, men and women, slave and free, Jew and Gentile. All of them are sons. So the question, But this is a positional truth. Yeah, so that's the issue. That's Justin's question here. And by the way, I think he agrees that in Romans 8, 
the sons are those who are mature, walking by the Spirit. So what does it mean in Galatians? And I think you hit on it, that this is a positional truth. I Uh, think that makes sense because of the context. Because he goes on to say that we're all one in Christ, and even though we have differences— In our position, we're all identical. We're all equal before the Lord. One of the things I think Justin is kind of dealing with is, he doesn't ask it directly, I don't think, but his question is, can a given phrase be used one way in certain verses and another way in other verses? In other words, can sons of God sometimes refer to all believers And in other passages refer to only overcoming victorious believers? And I think the answer is a definite yes. Well, in the book of Galatians, you got these Judaizers who saying you got to go back to the law. You got to go back to the law. You got to, you know, you got to be circumcised. You got to eat the right food. And Paul says before Christ came and we were placed in Christ, we were under a tutor and the tutor was the law, a babysitter. But now that he has come, and we are now, we've all been baptized in the body of Christ. We have the Spirit. We're no longer under the law, and that makes us a son. We're no longer the baby who needs to be babysat. We've been set free from that. Yeah, in fact, in Galatians 3 and 4, you've got this scenario you're describing, that when a son of a wealthy father is a child, he's under a tutor. He doesn't have control of all of the estate. He's not in charge. He's actually under a slave. Right. But then once he comes of full age, well, now he's the master of the slave, and now he is in charge of the whole estate. When he becomes mature enough, if his father gives him access to all of it, or at least he gets the status of a full-grown son. And I think that's what Paul is saying here, is that that's our status as believers. Just jumping in here to make you aware of our magazine, Grace in Focus. It is a bi-monthly, six issues per year, 48-page magazine, full color. And we want you to subscribe by emailing your name and your snail mail address to ges at faithalone.org. The subscription is free. It can be accessed electronically or it can be actually physically sent to you if you live in the lower 48 United States. That's our Grace and Focus magazine. Send your name and snail mail address to ges at faithalone.org. I've been set free, and positionally, I'm a son. And so Paul is saying, why as a son would you go back to that? Which is what they were doing, and that's what Paul's using. However, I think it's important. It's very clear that the word for law, namas, is used in the New Testament to refer something believers are under. We're under the law of Christ. We're under the royal law. We're under the law of liberty. That occurs in various passages throughout the New Testament. I guess all I would say is, yeah, we've been set free from bondage to the law And we're now free to glorify God as mature sons. There you go. And so that's what Paul is meaning in Galatians 3. You are all sons because you've been set free from the law. But now you've done a lot of work in Romans. And I remember you talked at our conference one time about sons of God being a reference to overcoming believers. And I think Romans 8, right. And I think you also cited a verse in uh, Revelation. Mm -hmm. So maybe you could point us to the Romans 8 passage. And if that's the case, I think we could acknowledge to Justin that there are some places where sons of God refers to all believers 
and other places where it refers only to the overcoming believers. And what tells us the difference is the context. Yeah, I would say, if I'm correct there on the Galatians 3 passage, that in Christ, positionally, I've been set free from the law. Therefore, I'm no longer a baby needing the tutor. And I've been set free, and I'm a son. I'm, I'm a mature son. And right. that's what he means when he says, you are all sons. Why go back to that? That's good. And then in Romans 8, Paul says in verse 16 that the Spirit bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God. Techna. Techna of God. But he says just a few verses early, for as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are Sons of God. Weoy. Weoy. Yeah. So in verse 14, weoy are those who are led by the Spirit. And by the way, the whole conversation in Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8 is walking by the Spirit and producing life. We have a choice. Believers have a it's choice. It's the sanctification section. Exactly. And we have a choice to be led by the Spirit or not. So all believers are children of God, but only those who walk by the Spirit are sons of God. And this being led by the Spirit is not some kind of feeling that he gives me or he tells me what I'm supposed to say or do. We're led by the Spirit through the Word of God. Through the Word of God, we ask the Spirit to live through us. Christ lived through us through his Spirit as we see the things in the Word of God. And those are going to be the ones that you mentioned earlier are going to suffer because right. the world is going to see Christ in us. Romans 8, 17. Exactly. Just, yeah, the if next indeed verse, we suffer with if him. If we suffer with him. And so in Romans 8... Paul is saying that only certain believers in this aspect are sons of God, mature believers. But in Galatians, what he's saying is, as believer, as I understand the Galatians 3 passage, in Christ, you've been set free from the law. You're no longer under the tutors, and you no longer be a babysitter. You're an adult in that sense, positionally. That's good. Elsewhere in Galatians, like he starts Galatians 3 with who has bewitched you. And then he talks about going back under the weak, beggarly elements of the world. Basically, the legalism of the Judaizers is an infantile way of spirituality. It doesn't actually produce God-pleasing behavior. What it produces is behavior that God is not pleased with. In fact, he says to be spiritually minded is life and peace, but to be carnally minded, which is legalism, right. is death. And I would also say what Paul is saying is positionally in Christ, you've been set free. If you go back to the law, thinking that's how I gain acceptance with God as a believer, it's like you are an adult child who puts a diaper on and goes back to be a baby. Yeah. Now, Justin also asked about Ephesians chapter 1, verses 4 and 5, and uh -huh. how Paul uses a similar phrase and how we are to understand it. And I'll just read 4 and 5. Just as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestined us to, and it's a different word, but adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to himself, according to the good pleasure of his will. Justin says, this seems to be talking about all believers as well, that he has predestined us to the adoption as sons. Well, of course, us in Ephesians, the first person plural refers to the church. He's Jews talked, and Gentiles right. united in one body. See chapter 2, 11 to the end of the chapter. So here he's talking about choosing Jews and Gentiles to be part of one body during the church age. It is uh, a corporate adoption. Right. And he's done this so that we would be holy and blameless. Not that we guaranteed, but that's right. his aim. 
you get the same thing in Ephesians 2, 8, 9, and 10, which is rather funny. People miss the pronouns. By grace, you have been saved through faith and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works as anyone should boast. Then verse 10, for we are his workmanship. Why not say you are his workmanship? That's what he said in 8 and 9. He'd been talking about the Gentile believers in Ephesus. Now he talks about Jews and Gentiles together in one body. And so the point there in Ephesians 1, the primary point is he's talking corporate. He's talking that the church has been adopted as sons. Would you agree with me as we close? Would you agree with the statement that the church will complete the work of the Father? That doesn't mean that each individual will, but the church will do these works that God has prepared? Oh, yeah. Yeah. So corporately, the church is going to do this, but that's not a promise that every single individual or is going every, to be a son. Or every single local church. We exactly. know from Revelation 2 and sure. 3. Yeah. Sure. Well, great. Justin, thanks for that. That was uh, <laughs> that causes us to stretch our brains. Thank yes. you very much for that question. And until next time, keep, keep grace, grace in focus. Be our guest and subscribe to our 48-page magazine, six issues per year, also called Grace in Focus by emailing your name and snail mail address to ges at faithalone.org. That's faithalone.org. On this program, we keep our requests for financial partners to a minimum. But if you are interested in becoming a financial partner with Grace in Focus, you can find out how to do that at faithalone.org. On the next episode, what does the Bible mean when it says that women can be saved through childbearing? Find out next time, and until then, let's keep grace in focus. The preceding has been a listener-supported ministry from the Grace Evangelical Society.